I'm Alyssa. I'm Alyssa. And I am not Alyssa. Welcome to 52 Women, the official podcast of the Montgomery County, Maryland chapter of the National Organization for Women. So we're going to start off with health care, women's bodies related stuff. I'm going to start with the good news, but then there's a lot of bad news. So I'm sorry. <laughs> um justification that after they saw the mass murder in Las Vegas perpetrated by somebody who benefited from their major donor, the NRA's policies and policy pushes, they saw this horrific event and decided to um, regulate women's health care under the the guise of protecting innocent life. I mean, just like the... uh, insanity of that and it's they have no shame it's not disgusting. only does it regulate women's bodies but it also criminal like it it, mm-hmm. it can prosecute the doctors mm-hmm. like it's twofold so i think in the past there haven't been many that have gone after the doctors in this way but this criminalizes it for them so yeah. it's not even just a you can't get this done it's if you do it you're going to jail so fun stuff um well, and, and I don't, I mean, I don't want to, like, I know, belabor the point, because I know we say it every freaking time, but making abortion illegal does not make abortion go away. It makes no. abortion dangerous. Right. It puts more lives at risk. If you're so, if you, if they're so concerned about the fetus, um, well, now not only does it put the fetus life at risk, it puts the woman's life at risk. That's like, right. So they're just—they don't care. It's all about—it's all about controlling women's bodies, and, and I think that's even even more evident this week. What is his name? Tim Murphy, the yep. head of the pro-life caucus, yep. who asked his girlfriend to have an abortion, his mistress to have an abortion. So, like, this—this this is not about. Saving lives. This is not about saving lives. This is about controlling women. Yeah. And I. It's never about cackled, saving lives. Yeah. I cackled when I read that story. Yeah. Because. Well, and that's. Know, and it actually points out a really good thing, which is that it's about controlling poor women's lives. Because yeah. if you're. The guy who gets you pregnant is a rich senator or a congressman, yeah. then you can. Go get an abortion, no hush, problem. Hush. A hush hush abortion. Yeah. Yeah. Very like like they did back in the sixties. So I, I, I hate, to, hate them all. I hate them all. I can't wait yeah. to the day uh pro choice people take over and make laws that put them in jail. Yeah. 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 For being yeah. Assholes. hypocritical assholes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I've read a few things that say, like, it's basically dead on arrival in the Senate. Like, there's, they don't, like, they don't think they can get, because they need 60 votes to pass in the Senate. And I read a few things that say there's no way they're going to get 60 votes. Other, um, I've read other things that say, you know, they're putting pressure on red state Democrats like Joe Manchin in um, West, West Virginia. Virginia. And I, you know, I did my rounds where I called, I called offices the other day. So I called, um, I called Delaney's office, which I'm going to be honest, wasn't super helpful. They were just like, yep, but we'll, uh, because I called and I was like, look, I know you're going to vote no. What, you know, what can we do if we're in Maryland and all our reps are going to vote no with the exception of Andy Harris? Right. Um, Delaney didn't really offer any advice. Um, and then I called Jamie Raskin's office. Um, and I was, I was up front, like, I'm not a constituent, but I'm with MC now. But, you know, I, I was completely honest. And they, you know, their suggestion was find people who live in, in, in that district, district where, district where people are, are going to vote or thinking of voting yes and have them call and ask them to vote no. Um, but I think I was having these conversations as they were voting, so that was useless. So sorry about that. Um, <laughs> At least but, you called. That's more than a lot of people do. Bad. But I, uh, I called Cardin's office um, because in the past, that office has been really helpful with giving us, I think, action items. or Yeah, strategies. Yeah. So... They, I mean, they said, like, of course, Cardin's going to vote against it, Ben Holland's going to vote against it, but, you know, the the staffer was like, you can call other states. Like, a lot of times the Senate office, don't ask where you're from, he's like, you can call other states, and I was like, well, would it make sense if we called bordering states? And he's like, well, if, you know, if, if you say you live in Maryland and you're calling Virginia, they might listen to you more. Like, it might pull more weight, because if you think about it, like... <sighs> When it comes to abortion, Maryland has a trigger law. So, if, so Maryland's laws will like if Roe v. Wade ever goes away, Maryland has trigger laws that automatically make abortion legal. Like yeah. it, it, you know, we have that safe, that safety net. So, if we call a Virginia senator and be like, you know, people are going to travel. So maybe they still listen more. Like, we don't want to make this unsafe, et cetera. So that was Cardin's advice. Um, Of course, call your senators and let them know you support them voting against this. Of course, they need to hear from us. Yeah. Um, But maybe also call Virginia, call West Virginia, call Pennsylvania. You know, call places where we think there's someone that is thinking of voting no. And if it's a Democrat... You know, Joe Manchin's in West Virginia. West Virginia is not that far from from Montgomery County. Right. You know, that might be something to look at. Um, so, yeah. Happy stuff. Yep. Um, and then birth control, too. Yep. So, as we were doing our little pre-call to record the podcast, because we are always prepared, um... <laughs> Uh, always. I saw this article from the New York Times, and I'm just going to read the headline, and then I'm going to curse. So, <laughs> I just avert, avert, avert you. your ears. If it bothers you, sorry, not sorry. Um, Trump administration <laughs> set to roll back birth control mandate. I hate these fuckers. I hate them I so hate them. much. I hate them. Too. I hate them. Um, I hate them. Like, I. <sighs> Aside from the fact that many women don't take birth control just to not get pregnant, like, <coughs> it's an actual medication, like, wh- why? But like, also, but just taking else. it to not get pregnant is a good enough reason, too. That, too. That, too. And, and, you know, our bodies are our own to do with what we want. Yeah. But these, these they, I can't. So... In the Affordable Care Act, there's a mandate that insurance plans have to cover birth control. And there have been a lot of lawsuits about, and uh, just to step back, if you're a religious institution, they gave you kind of a way out of it, and they went to the, went to courts, and then there's a whole Hobby Lobby thing. So there's already, like, exceptions for religious beliefs. 
Hobby, Lo Hobby Lobby, those people who were illegally smuggling Iraqi artifacts into the country to enrich their yeah. family. No. And probably uh, bankrolling ISIS at the same yep. time. Yeah, moral. No, that's, that's Super moral Hobby Lobby. Thank you for your help. Yeah, no, that, that's totally fine, but they can't get Wait, do those employer has... plans, um, like at Hobby Lobby and elsewhere, cover Viagra? Hmm. I don't know. Bet you I mean, they I'm do. Sure they do. <laughs> I'm sure they do, but yeah, that's that's a. So, but I think, but I, I think we've talked about it before. Yeah. The problem is okay. So erectile dysfunction is a legitimate medical condition. Sure. Oh no, they should cover it. Yes. And Viagra treats it. But you know what? Endometriosis is a legitimate medical condition. And mm. you know what treats endometriosis? Birth control pills. Yeah. And you can't, you obviously can't have a checkbox, like, are you taking this to prevent pregnancy or whatever, like, but birth control pills are a legitimate medical treatment, and that's where, that's where my, yeah. Yep. So. Well, and also, it just, I mean, like, how can women, it, it's, talk about controlling women's bodies, it's not just controlling women's bodies, it's controlling women's lives, because women have no chance for economic independence and prosperity if they cannot decide when or if they want to have a child. Period. I need to tell Bernie yep. Sanders that also. Sorry. I'm so mad at him. What did you say? I said someone needs to tell Bernie Sanders that also. Oh, yes. Bernie Sanders needs to be apprised of that. Um, <laughs> and some of the people, including the women who fully support Bernie, need to be reminded that he does not support you having body autonomy. Doesn't yep. support you. Bernie have, Sanders hasn't taken health class in your body. fucking 65 years. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to the Republicans. They all stink. Um, yeah. Like you said, I hate them all. And, yeah. And, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. You're denying women the right to choose for their own body. You're denying women the chance to plan their own family, whether that means having kids, not having kids at all, or having kids at a certain time. You're denying women with, like like you said, Jenny Rose, endometriosis or other thing, other medical conditions, which birth control treats. You're denying them access to the medication they need. Uh-huh. Oh, my. And I just read further into this article that I didn't before because I was too busy using the F word. But um, they're saying that there are health risks associated with the use of certain contraceptives. So that's why they want to remove the mandate. There's and they say, for every wait, damn wait, drug. Wait, wait. They say the mandate could promote risky sexual behavior among some teenagers and young adults. Okay, I have two things to say about that. Number one is going to be a lot more intellectual than number two. <laughs> Just so everyone's prepared for what I'm going to say. <laughs> Number one is that pregnancy also has many health risks <laughs> and giving birth has many health risks. That's intellectual. Here comes number two, you guys. On 90210, when Donna <laughs> Martin's parents try to say they shouldn't teach about contraception in high school and all these people are going crazy, Donna Martin, still a virgin at this point in 90210, says, if you're going to have a pool in your backyard... And you can build a fence around it. But if your kids can climb that fence and get to the pool, you better teach those kids how to swim. Preach, Donna Martin. Preach. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron Spelling. Thank you, Aaron Spelling. Way to use your daughter as a mouthpiece for contraception and availability of contraception to teens. Great job. Yeah. I... And I'll, I what can't the, I, read any more of this article because I'm going to really start to use the F word and we're going to upset people. <sighs> I don't understand how people who can say, when Trump says that he's going to grab a woman by her pussy, they can be like, oh, that's just how men talk. That's locker room talk. And those same people can be like, the only thing that would make teenage boys want to have sex with a girl is if they knew she's on birth control. <laughs> what on earth were you teenagers ever like what on I, I don't even I don't most of them the pill wasn't around when they were teenagers I have no idea I know but they know that that's not <laughs> what makes them like I mean they know that boy 
teenagers are going to have sex with each other, no matter whether they have birth control or not. Right, and I think another, and again, I'm not, uh, I'm not defending them when I say this. I'm listing it as a reason, but I think another problem we have is that people don't understand how, how female anatomy works, and they think the birth control pill is synonymous with the abortion pill, or with the abort, yeah, the abortion pill that's synonymous with Plan B, when two of those things are not like the other. That's correct. They don't understand science. You know, the, the morning after pill and the birth control pill, essentially the same stuff. One has a higher dose. Right. Does not, right. does not end the pregnancy. It just, it makes your body think you're pregnant, so you don't get pregnant. To put it in, and these people don't, don't know that, don't care to know it, ignore it, don't believe it, I don't know. And, and again, it's not a justification, it's just a, it's, it's a fact that that's how they are. And just let us fucking control our own bodies. Just let us do it. I assure you I'm fully capable, as are most of the women I know. Yeah, I agree. Trust women. That's the bottom line. Trust women. And we'll uh, we'll post this article so everyone can look at it and revel in the yeah. Who's the sponsor on Who's the sponsor on this? Is it Graham, or is he on? Uh, no, it's an executive order, my dear. Oh, it's an EO. Graham was on something yeah. today too that I was amazed by, and I was like, "You're the guy who pushed this terrible health care bill." Then after the fact, said you didn't really know what was in the terrible health care bill you passed, and now this. I can't remember what he was I'm trying very, to push today. I'm very disappointed in him. I am very disappointed in him because I thought he he just had more sense. Like, I thought he was one of the few, like, fiscally conservative, not completely a dick Republicans. And I'm just like... See, for me, for me, it's more of a Casablanca moment. I'm shocked to discover there is gambling going on in this <laughs> establishment. <laughs> for your winning <laughs> I hate everyone. All right, tell us about Steubenville. <clears throat> more people, more people I to hate. hate. Yeah. So, when we were talking about a couple weeks ago, the uh, athletes who get away with abusing women, <clears throat> I briefly mentioned the Steubenville high school rape case, where there were football players convicted of raping a sixteen-year-old classmate. So this guy, I'm not going to say his name because he doesn't deserve to have his name known, spent 10 months in prison um, after being convicted in that case. Um, Now he's at Youngstown State University, um, which is a big football school, and he claimed uh, he wasn't going there for football, blah, blah, blah. 10,000 students at the school signed a petition that they submitted to the school saying that he should not be allowed to play in a football team. So 10,000 students signed this petition. Um, Then, of course, he sued the school, saying that them not allowing him to play football was hurting his football career chances. And they settled out of court, and guess what? He's back on the goddamn team. So yet another example of these athletes, young football players, professional football players, doesn't matter. They just keep getting away with being total piece of shit human beings. I actually had a fight with someone um, recently who is very conservative and was complaining about the NFL and the kneeling and whatever. My fight about that is different. But I was like, I just don't understand. You weren't offended before when the NFL was letting rapists and murderers um, make millions of dollars playing for them and and go on going on TV and hailing them as heroes but you are offended by their by their kneeling to end police violence and um I got in this big fight and then I turned on Facebook and saw that uh Jenny Rose's husband Brian had made the same exact point on Facebook yeah actually so did I so did I I saw somebody Yes, and I was like, thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. Although, I won't get into it on the pod, but owing during the national anthem is fine, and I never want to see that on your Facebook again. Uh, but, I mean, I, so I'm No, I'm just kidding. We don't have to talk. Wait, I didn't see this. What happened? <laughs> she was talking about disrespectful owing during the national anthem in an O's game. Yeah, like all these people, 
and no offense to you, Marylanders. I'm not from Maryland, but all sure not. <laughs> because the particular story was about how 50,000 people <laughs> signed a petition to remove Ray, uh, Ray I Lewis. I know, I'm just kidding. Ray Lewis's statue from Raven Stadium because apparently it's okay if you, if you, you know, uh, obstructed justice and might have helped someone cover up a murder. Totally not okay if you kneel during the national anthem. Oh! And, uh, <laughs> and, and that's kind of like, those of us outside, people outside of the Maryland area, like, also think it's disrespectful when you scream oh in the middle of the national anthem. Like, the, the point is... But like, the point, but the point is, is the home. point is that it's not, and people who are not from Maryland should stop and a lot of people who are Yankees fans and Mets fans have told me to suck their dick at Orioles games so I'm gonna keep <laughs> owing um, <laughs> when I was in college when I was in college our like first day or first week or whatever I went to school out of state and we had some kind of BS, like, woohoo, yay, let's go, uh, ceremony <laughs> thing. Yeah. Where we all sat in a basketball stadium and I, they started with the national anthem. And I was just like sitting there, like, okay, look at all these new people I'm around. And then I uh, got to the part where you yell, oh, and I just did it, like, yeah. not Have even it. thinking twice. And then somebody right in front of me did the same thing. And we were the only two people in the entire stadium that did it. And we were like, hey, you're from Maryland. I was once at a fundraising gala at Ravens Stadium. Fundraising gala. Yeah. I had to like, like, I was at like a table, like a fancy table. There was this huge auction. Like I'm all dressed up in Ravens Stadium. And for some reason they played the anthem at the beginning of this fundraiser. Huh? Mm-hmm. It was for like kid, oh. childhood cancer or something. I was the only one who owed. People gave me the meanest looks. I was like, "Excuse me, am I in Raven Stadium in Baltimore, Maryland?" Yeah. What do you What do you mean they didn't do you it? You traitors! You probably eat your crab like fried instead of broiled and don't like Old Bay. Walk away. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, I would just like to point out that <laughs> I also shared something similar. Oh, to Brian? No, yeah. not no with Brian. Um, no, I mean similar to what Brian said. Yes, I did. I saw somebody post a picture of a Steelers fan setting their, a jersey on fire, and um, oh. underneath it just said, or it, the cap, the picture said like the original post said something like, "Oh, I've been a Steelers fan for however many decades, no more, whatever." And then some woman responded. Good to know you didn't burn your jersey when Ben Roethlisberger raped a lady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, shout out to Brian and to you. I didn't see yours, but I did see Brian's. And I was like, oh, Brian, I just did the same thing. Yeah. Word for word. He, um, I just he also re- had pretty, pretty solid um, clue gift usage on that Facebook exchange. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I was really happy that he had my back, even though he wasn't anywhere near me or knew what I was talking about. And he's just posting on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to say Ben Roethlisberger is a rapist. He so. sure is. So. Yeah. I mean, but it's the same thing. Like, no one, ha- like you said, like, nobody had any problem when they were raping women or punching women. I did. The Steelers used to be my people. favorite team. The Steelers used to be my favorite team. I used to watch football, like, all the games every week. And after that, I was just, like, not interested anymore. Yeah. Bye. Haven't watched a football game since. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. Um, so off of football and into the world of entertainment, um, Harvey Weinstein, which apparently Jenny Rose knows way more about entertainment Jenny than we Rose do. Jenny Rose knows. Jenny, oh, we should do, we should do a segment oh, of the pod yeah, called Jenny that. Jenny Rose knows. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it would be like. No, it would be like every segment. She knows so much. Okay. Um, well, it's true. Like everything we do, we're like, can you, um, we're going to talk about this and then all the technical stuff. Can you know that? That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll just, we'll just say the bullshit stuff and you say the technicals. Yeah. 
Um, Harvey Weinstein uh, was outed. Kind of like a theme song. Jenny Rose knows. Oh my God, it's <laughs> turning into a seventy sitcom in here. <laughs> anyway, Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> apparently, this has been an open secret in LA for a long time because Jenny Rose knew about it. Um, but Harvey Weinstein is apparently a total lech and disgusting sexual harasser of women, um, specifically women who want to get roles in films that he's producing. Uh, Ashley Judd went on the record to say that he invited her up to his room when she was a young actress. She thought she was going for a breakfast to meet with him. Um, instead, he asked her for a massage when she said no, or he wanted to give her a massage. I can't remember. He wanted her to give him a massage. Yeah, and then he said, "Well, then, can you watch me shower?" When she declined the massage, the she went on the record with two female, two women um, uh, journalists from the New York Times, Jody Cantor and Megan Tuhey. Um, and I, I just want to make sure they get credit for um, getting the scoop and getting her on the record because I think. Um, Jenny Rose was saying it was kind of an open secret, but this was like the first time they had um, a major name on the record. He he has uh, said he's going to take a leave of absence since this broke. Actually, yesterday when they asked him about it at first, what he said was, oh, that story's so juicy, I want to buy the movie rights to it. Oh, my God. Because oh, that's what a disgusting pig he is. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and then today, when all the pressure started getting to be too much for poor little snowflake Weinstein, uh, he decided to take a leave of absence from his production company. Um, go ahead. And just to clarify, it's not like I run in the L.A. circles. No, you just, you just know lots of stuff. You have a block it did kind of say, like, Jenny Rose knows all the inside scoops. She does. Like, I'm not in that, but I just thought... Years ago, like, I thought there was controversy around, like, people accused him of sexually harassing them, and I'm thinking, like, back to, like, when the English patient was out, and I forgot what his, I think his company is the Weinstein Company or something, but he does those indie film kind of, but I thought it was, like, that was talked about back then, but... EB2, you pointed out that this time it's different because, like, Ashley Judd said something. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just, like, anonymous. Ah, uh, yeah. And and actually, Jake Tapper pointed out on Twitter today, he was like, Ashley Judd spoke out against him for no reason. She had no reason to. She's successful. This guy's not a threat to her anymore. No reason other than to make the world a better place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I. Uh, Besides it being disgusting, um, Auntie Donahue, who is uh, at Auntie Donahue on Twitter, um, she's a, a writer and she's from Canada or lives in Canada. Um, and she asked on Twitter today, she started a, well, what became a thread, uh, when did you meet your Harvey Weinstein? I'll go first. I was a 17-year-old co-op student and he insisted on massaging my shoulders as I typed. Um, she also added another one who was her boss at a radio station and liked to ask me things like girl, why girls my age like giving blowjobs and not having sex. Um, so she started this thread. It's very, very long. I only read part of it because I didn't, I, I didn't get to the rest of it. Um, but I think I will read all of it just because. I think it's an important thing for women to be able to tell their stories, even if even if this is the only way that they can do it. Um, in this thread, uh, a woman said, "This isn't profesh. It's Twitter, so not that many not that many um, characters allowed. This isn't profesh, but there was a guy who worked at Gulf, the cheapest gas station in my hometown. He started hitting on me when I was fourteen. To which Ann T. Donahue, the original tweeter, tweets back, I hate this man and I hope his life is terrible now. Uh, This same woman writes back, I mean, when last I checked, he was going on 50 and working at a golf gas station in suburban Delaware, so it was already not great. Ann T. Donahue, his life is bad, but I hope it gets worse. Then, Michael Charles, whose handle is at Cheatin with no G, Chuck, in case anybody wants to tweet at this guy, Cheaton Chuck says, kind of weird and shitty to hope some guy's life sucks. Uh, also, no apostrophe on guys. 
Maybe hope he learned how to treat women better? Question mark. I love the passive aggressive uh, grammar shaming. Uh, it's aggressive aggressive grammar shaming, and I will shame <laughs> anyone with bad grammar. <laughs> Cheating with no G. Yeah, Cheating Chuck, man. He really tells it like it is. You shouldn't wish ill to the guy who hit on you when you were 14 fucking years old. Because that's not disgusting. I bet he was bio. is probably like, proud dad, three girls. (laughs) (laughs) We should look, we should look him up. I don't know. His bio picture looks like, he looks like a giant dick. Um, So this woman who is creating a, like, providing a forum for other women to discuss their trauma um, is having her lived experience mansplained to her by Cheatin' Chuck. Cheatin' Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Horrible. Um, So for all the Cheatin' Chucks in your life and for anybody who um, questions why uh, Ashley Judd didn't uh, talk about her experience with Harvey Weinstein earlier or why these women are reporting their sexual harassment on Twitter instead of to police. I have some statistics for you from um, MCASA, which is the Maryland Coalition Against Sexual Assault, uh, reporting sexual assault, why survivors often don't. Um, we're going to post the link. Uh, I'm just going to read front, right from it. Um, not all survivors find it necessary to report sexual assault to the criminal justice system in order to move forward from their experience. In fact, some feel that the criminal justice system re-victimizes them in this process. Some survivors find that the services provided by a rape crisis and recovery center or similar provider are the only services they feel comfortable pursuing. Um, I would I would point out there that uh, they're dealing with probably mostly male police officers, although maybe some female if they report it to the law, versus probably a heavier <clears throat> toward the female side and social workers, psychologists, doctors, um, if they go to a rape crisis and recovery center. Um, <clears throat> while measuring rates of sexual violence can be difficult, there's no uncertainty in the national data that the majority of sexual assaults are never reported to police. It is believed that only 15.8 to 35% of all sexual assaults are reported to police. Um, a survivor's relationship with the offender has a strong effect on likelihood of, of reporting. When an offender is an intimate partner or former intimate partner, only 25% of sexual assaults are reported to the police. When an offender is a friend or acquaintance, only 18 to 40% are reported. When an offender is a stranger, between 46 and 66% are reported. Um, survivors cite the following reasons for not reporting sexual assault. Fear of reprisal. It's a personal matter. Reported to a different official. Not important enough to respondent. Belief that the police wouldn't do anything to help. Belief that the police could not do anything to help. Didn't want to get the offender in trouble with the law. Didn't want the family to know. Didn't want others to know. Not enough proof. Fear of the justice system. Didn't know how. Felt like the crime was not serious enough. Fear lack of evidence. Unsure about the perpetrator's intent. Uh, Due to partially low reporting rates, only 9%, 9% of all rapists get prosecuted. Only 5% of cases lead to a felony conviction. Only 3, 3, 3% of rapists will spend a day in prison. The other 97% walk free. And do we suppose that after they walk free, they become fine, upstanding citizens who never do it again? No, once a rapist, always a rapist. Yeah, I'm not going to, yeah, I don't, I doubt that. Yep, yep. Um, I mean, why would you want to reform when you've gotten literally no punishment for something you were convicted of? Yep, there, there's, yep. right, 3%. 3% three spend a day, even one day in jail. It's it's disgusting. Women are afraid. They're afraid of being of getting someone else in trouble because they're afraid of what might happen to them, what the repercussions are. They're afraid they won't be trusted with good reason because we don't trust women. No. Right. Um 
it's it's a vicious cycle. Okay, also um, we wanted to talk a little bit about the mass shooting in Las Vegas. Um, we will note that um, very soon after the man was um, start where news stories started coming out about him, people from his local Starbucks reported um, how he would publicly berate his girlfriend um, every time they were in there. We will also note that she has become part of the story for some reason. She's not even in the she wasn't even in the country. She wasn't even here, but um, yeah. she's been a part of the story for some unknown reason. So, well, also, she, go ahead. Go ahead, Alyssa. Well, I was going to say her sister said that uh, they think he sent her to the Philippines so she couldn't stop him. So, like, obviously, yeah. there was, like, thought, some kind of thought process where she would have been like, you know what, I'm a good person, let me stop you. Yeah. And yet her freaking picture's all over and the that's news. That's what it is. It's not that, like, that part of the story is there. It's that her picture is everywhere. She didn't shoot anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of shady, shady shit, it seems like, with, like, money going back and forth, and, and she was in the Philippines, and there's, there's, like, there's all these shady transfers between him and the Philippines and whatever, not saying that has anything to do with her, um, but I think initially she was a person of interest because of all that, and then, you know, they said, like, I don't know if she didn't do anything. She's like, I didn't know. I had no idea. And I think she even said, I think he sent me away. Yeah. So I couldn't stop him. Like, so, I mean, this poor woman, um, because I can't imagine what that's like at all. No. Yeah, you'd have to change her whole life. Um, Everybody knows her picture now. Yeah. Like, it's everywhere. Well, for, I don't, I, I mean... I don't know, maybe it's a silver lining. I think it's an old picture. Oh, yeah. Oh, it looks like now, but I, it's I, so other crazy. than that, yeah, it's horrifying. Um, so the the angle that we wanted to talk about um, is, we're just going to use this as a jumping off point. Um, this is a, a woman who's a um, psychologist and writes, her name is, uh, her initials are J.M. Black, um, and that's her name on Twitter, but her handle is at Joanna May Black, J-O-H-A-N-N-A-M-A-Y-B-L-A-C-K. And she tweeted um, the day of, I don't know if it was the day of the attack or the day after, women have high rates of mental illness, but women are almost never mass shooters. This isn't about mental illness. It's about men and violence. Um, And... They were talking about, you know, a lot of people right after their main, um, a lot of people on the left, their main argument was these guys just gave guns back to the mentally ill. Uh, yeah. And that was their, that was their argument. And I'm not, that, not that that's not an argument to be made, but um, it, it is men who, who are generally the perpetrators here. Yeah, and a yep. friend of mine um, screencapped a tweet from the American Psychiatric Association, um, and they're at APA Psychiatric, and what they said was, having a mental illness is not a risk factor for violence. Most violent acts are committed by people without mental illness. People, and then it says, people with mental illness are more likely to be victim victims of violent crimes than to commit violent acts against each other. So we just need to stop with that whole. Oh, maybe they were mentally ill. Yeah. I don't know if they're white though. They only say they're white. Just... That's right. Well, if, well, if this, if this was a somebody, I think it was Duray, was like if this was a black, if this was a rap concert, they would just call it black on black crime, and they wouldn't even really report about it. Yeah. Can somebody just be a horrible person? Like, yeah. Why do they have to say he's mentally ill? They don't know him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened to just someone being evil. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't he's know what a, to that. straight up evil. He had, had cameras in the hallway and in the peephole so he could, like, shoot at security guards who came to try and stop him. And until he yeah. shot the gun, had he broken a law? No. Well, zero laws. Yeah. Till he shot the first person, he had broken zero laws. Um, but 
Yeah, but I mean, it's it's a conversation to have about how men, how we raise boys, and how we, how as a society, what we teach them about masculinity and about going out in a blaze of glory. And I mean, there, there's a conversation to be had. I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but that it's it's something to to ponder. I think the phrase that I've seen used is toxic masculinity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I shared something on Facebook the other day, which it, it was, I mean, it was funny, but it was like, I don't know, like 15 examples of toxic, like 15 tweets of toxic masculinity on the internet. And one of them was guy liner when the word I is just too feminist. Oh, uh, what? Did, did you send that to me? I saw that too. Like, like, why do we, like, I don't understand why the global we raise boys to think that you have to be masculine, being any, having any sort of quote-unquote feminine trait is bad, and, and violence and guns and all that, that's the best way to bring that out, so no one thinks you're a pussy, because people thinking you're a pussy is bad. Yeah, and pussies are awesome and super strong, so that should not be an insult anymore. Right, right, yeah. There was some documentary I saw when I was in a women's studies class in college where it talks about the biggest insults that you can call a man or a boy all have to do with relating them to women in some way. Yeah, man up is another one. This was before man up, but yeah. Yeah, grow, grow some balls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so-and-so is somebody else's bitch. No, yeah, it was like, you're my bitch, you're pussy. I can't remember anymore. Sack up is one, too. Um, I, I don't What in the world think... does sack up mean? You never heard anybody say sack up? No, I don't even know what that means. Ball sack. Get some balls. <laughs> balls. <laughs> now I've now I've said pussy and ball sack on the podcast. Sack up. <laughs> That's gross. Um, I yeah I I I think that the way that we the way that we model gender roles. You also missed Alyssa doing a hand motion when she explained that to me. <laughs> is it her favorite hand motion? Is it my motion? favorite hand motion? Do I know what your favorite hand motion is? It simulates a... Jerk off? Self-fulfilling, I don't know, Wait. Jerk off. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. No, yeah. it was not. It was not. It was not that. It was funnier. <laughs> um, anyway... I, the, I, yeah, you're right. Like, we, the way we talk about women and women's bodies as weak and fragile and, like, something you don't want to be and you don't want to be related to um, is, is the, the bottom of it. And the top of it is making, as in the worst, is making men feel like the only way that they can show their masculinity is through dominance and violence. Yeah, yeah, and Alyssa, I just sent you the uh, it's it's uh, examples of fragile masculinity. I just sent it to you if you want to put that in the notes for the podcast. Okay. Some of them are pretty funny. Yeah, I saw. Uh, did you send me that before? Who sent that to me? I put it. On, I shared it on Facebook the other day. Maybe I just saw it there. On to chapter news. Um, we were supposed to have a meeting on October 11th. That's been canceled because Linda Mahoney, one of our, uh, Maryland state now chapter leaders and a, um, long time member of Montgomery County now will be being honored on the 11th and we're going to go cheer her on. Um, on the 18th, the following Wednesday in place of our happy hour, it's love your body day. We're going to have a film screening at the Rockville library, second floor, uh, 7.30, and we're going to have a program with it. Um, Chelsea Yarbrough is going to be there to speak at the beginning. She's from NARAL Pro-Choice Maryland, and she's going to talk to us about uh, how we can get feminine menstrual products to women who are in prisons and jails in Montgomery, or in the state of Maryland. Unscented pads, right? Yeah, it has to be unscented pads. We'll yes. be collecting, and she'll be talking about the program. 
Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. Will you be recording that talk in any way, shape, or form? Oh, we should. That's a great idea, Jenny Rose. Sure. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a question for selfish reasons. No, no. But. Yeah, that's true. No, we should do that. Um, Chelsea's going to be on our... Um, we had our panel on racial justice on Sunday, which was awesome, and our panelists were fantastic, and you heard the podcast that we posted. Um, we're going to do one on reproductive justice in December, um, and Chelsea's going to be one of our panelists there. So we're really excited to have her coming on the 18th. You can find us online. Oh, are you going to do it? No, you. Okay. <laughs> I did not remember. Find us on our website at mcmdnow.org. MC for Montgomery County, MD for Maryland, now for National Organization for Women. And we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, also at mcmdnow. I would just like to point out that everyone should look at the hashtag 52women. Yeah, tweet at us. Because sometimes I live tweet and, you know... Keeps me occupied. It's yes, for the funny. love of all things good. Freaking tweet us. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> um Okay, and then Woman of the Week. Who's our Woman of the Week this week, Alyssa? Well, today is October 5th, and it is Maya Lynn's birthday. So we're going to do her as our Woman of the Week. She is the architect who designed the Vietnam Memorial. Maya Lin was born to Chinese immigrants in Ohio in 1959. She went to Yale and studied architecture. During her senior year, a national contest was being held to design the Vietnam Memorial. The professor of one of her architecture classes at Yale saw the competition and decided it would make a good final project for the students. So that's how Maya originally designed the memorial was for a class project. The design, based on competition rules, had to be apolitical and contain all the names of the Americans killed in the war. She studied the site for six to eight weeks and also traveled to D.C. to view it. While in D.C., she came up with the idea of black slates of granite that looked like they were cut into the earth. She actually only received a B on her class project, but her professor encouraged her to enter the design into the competition. There were 1,421 anonymous competition entries, and Maya's, which was entry number 1,026, was selected as the winner. She beat out some well-known architecture firms at the time, and the judges thought her design was, quote, an eloquent place where the simple meeting of earth, sky, and remembered names contains messages for all. There was a lot of controversy, actually, when they announced the winning design, because some people thought the design represented the Vietnam War like a black scar in America's history. Maya has said, I will never know how much my age, my gender, my race played into the controversy. Even though there was controversy, the memorial obviously was built. It was built in 1982, and about 4 million people visit it each year. In addition to her designing the Vietnam Memorial, Maya is still an architect, um, she's also a designer and an artist. She had a piece at the Renwick Gallery in D.C. when it reopened a couple of years ago, and I went and I saw it. It was pretty cool. In 2009, she received the National Medal of the Arts from President Obama, and in 2016, he awarded her with the Presidential Medal of Freedom. So, yeah, that's that's what I got on Maya Lin. Oh, actually, I would like to say... <laughs> When I was a kid, my mom told me she used to wear one of the MIA POW bracelets all the time during the war for a guy named Joe Pringle. And I used to work near the Vietnam Memorial, and I would go walk around it during my lunch break sometimes when there weren't busloads of tourists there. And whenever I went, I would always go find Joe Pringle's name on the wall. So, yay, Maya Lin. I've been watching the Ken Burns documentary on Vietnam, and I have not gotten to the end. I wonder if he'll feature her. That I want to really watch cool. that. I haven't watched it yet. Vietnam documentary. Are you just watching that as it's live on PBS, or are you watching it in some sort of? Uh, I'm watching. You, I am. I am you, watching it on PBS, but I am behind because I was in Nevada, so I'm. I I recorded it. Oh, oh, we we did it old school. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I need to learn, how do I watch it now? It might be on yeah, demand. Yeah, that's what I want to know, yeah. It's not on demand? 
The most research that I've done on it is just asking you that question. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, well, it's very good. So what's the other thing you were going to bring up? So, I don't know that we talked about it on the podcast, but for those of you in Montgomery County, I'm sure you've heard about um, Lauren, Laura Wallen, which is the um, oh, yeah. 31... Yeah, she was the Howard County teacher. Um, I think she was a Damascus resident, and they arrested her boyfriend, fiance, uh, for her murder, essentially. And she was, I think, eight months pregnant. Um, I think she was only five months pregnant, but yeah. Okay, she was pregnant. Yeah, she was, and he knew it, yep. She was pregnant. So um, they're charging her, him with her murder, Mm -hmm. and... Early on, I guess the attorney general or legal person said, we're not going to charge him for the murder of her unborn child. Yeah, we. T- I think we did talk um, about this on the pod when it first happened. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're right. She was like four or five months pregnant. She yeah. wasn't eight months. Um, I'm projecting a conversation we had. So basically, I just saw an article on WTOP that we'll share that says an advocacy group that opposes abortion rights is asking Maryland's U.S. attorney to prosecute him for the murder of her unborn child. Shut the fuck up, you people. I can't stand them. Like, isn't it enough that she died? Like, isn't it enough that he killed her? Like, it's a, it, it, no matter her. what, I mean, they know this, obviously, but it's a slippery, sl- it's a slippery but, yeah. slope legally, and if you have precedent then you can use that to prosecute yeah. other people. For having miscarriage? Oh, you killed your baby. Yeah. I... Yeah, and it says, the article says, under Maryland law, fetal homicide charges hinge on whether the fetus would be able to survive outside the womb. In addition, prosecutors would have to prove that the person intended to kill or seriously injure the fetus as well as her. Well, I mean, if you're trying to kill her, I don't get that. But, um... And then I guess federal under federal law, the gestational age of the unborn child is not relevant. So that's why they're asking the U.S. attorney. But again, like, can it just be enough that he killed her? Like, yeah. why do we? I, I don't. I don't understand. Yeah, they just want to. We criminal, already they know want these people it. don't respect women. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I know. Just. I know. Um. Okay, uh, oh, next week, Jenny Rose will be, Jenny Rose will be in studio. In studio, you make it sound so official. (laughs) Jenny Rose, I forgot what you looked like. I know, I'm sorry. Um, all right, guys, so (laughs) She said I know. We'll see you. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.